Welcome everybody again to Trail Tales. I'm your host Tom Funk. And we will share another excerpt from 50 Hikes in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. And this one is a doozy today. Having hiked the North Country Trail across the state of Michigan and having written the guidebook to the North Country Trail, I'm frequently asked, what is the best segment of the North Country Trail? And that's really hard to answer because it all depends on somebody's interests. Um... If somebody asks what is the most rugged section, this is it. We're talking about the Trap Hills in the Ottawa National Forest, and they are located just to the east of the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness. So you'll get, you know, tens of thousands of people hiking in the Porkies, and 1% of them step across, you know, the boundary road into the Ottawa and hike this incredible section of trail and if you've been following along on my uh, uh, my million steps uh, excerpts from my book uh, my father and I hiked uh, a segment of the trap hills and uh, you can uh, get a feel for how rugged it is anyways this is out of the 50 hikes in Michigan's Upper Peninsula and we are in the Ottawa National Forest this trail is a three to five day hump. You could do it in two if you're super motivated. Uh, I would say probably most do it in three or four. We're talking 34.1 miles. This is, uh, uh, you know, for Michigan, this is very difficult, but you're going to have exquisite views, the rugged topography and remoteness. So most people who hike this, they don't run into anybody else for days. Map geeks, most definitely you're going to want to have maps. You're looking at the USGS 7.5s for Berglund Northeast, Matchwood Northwest, Oak Bluff, Rockland, and you can get the uh, maps off of the uh, North Country Trail website as well and get those downloaded. Uh, and there's Avenza maps as well. Uh, amenities, uh, well, there's just a trail shelter at Victoria. This is remote wilderness and uh, water is uh, hard to come by. So when you see a stream or an opportunity, load up. Or as they say on the Pacific Crest Trail, camel up. Footwear, backpacking boots, unless, again, you like having roots and rocks poke through your shoes. And pets, not recommended. This is remote bear country. So backpacking in the Trap Hills is not for the faint of heart. Although you're not in Colorado climbing a 14er, this portion of the North Country Trail is as good as it gets for ascents and descents in this, on the entire trail. Uh, this amazing journey could take the average backpacker four days to complete. If you have the time, take your time. You will lose count of the breathtaking views, the gut-clenching climbs, and the perilous descents. This section of North Coast Trail is deep in the Ottawa National Forest. There are no service for miles in any direction. Take solace knowing that you are surrounded by nature as far as the eye can see. The hills are outcroppings of very dense volcanic rock that emerged onto the scene billions of years ago. When the glaciers passed through, this highly resistant igneous rock basically laughed at the mile-thick glaciers and was simply smoothed instead of pushed out of the way by the passing ice. Today, there's only a thin soil coating the surface, which means many roots protruding, so watch your step. You must exercise caution Do the act of logging in the area. You may recall 
with my father and I, if you listen to the other podcasts, um, we spent the better part of an afternoon bushwhacking through the forest after we came upon a significant logging operation that had obliterated the trail. Thankfully, this was at the very end of our hike, um, but the you know the party that was keeping track of us had been instructed to call the Michigan State Police if we had not emerged from the woods at our predetermined time, which uh, that's what happened. And of course, um, this is always recommended. You should always, always, always tell someone where you are going and when you expect to be back and what to do if you don't come back. We were 15 minutes late, and we were greeted by a note stuck in the trailhead sign on the edge of the road. And about a half hour later, we were greeted by a state trooper. She noted in the record that we were only late and not lost. I do have a reputation to uphold, you know. So the area of the National Forest is crisscrossed by Forest Service roads and a few county roads, and they're all gravel. Uh, Some are in great condition, but others, such as Victoria Road, uh, can be a horrendous nightmare after heavy rains. You know, depending on how much time you have or how far you wish to hike, there are several options for access. Uh, The western trailhead is off M64, just south of White Pine. There's a grass parking area for about four cars. The eastern trailhead for this segment is Victoria, which is on Victoria Dam Road. Access is from Rockland on US 45. And in between, you can use trailheads on Norwich Road and on Victoria Road, about two miles east of Norwich Road. And keep in mind, that road can be a rutted mess. Victoria Road can be. U.S. Uh, Forest Service Road 222 has roadside parking, and so does old M64. And uh, no user fees are in, uh, in place uh, for the trail as of this writing, but rumor is uh, they're, they're coming. So this is a multi-day hike, and on day one... Uh, you'll pull into the parking area and you'll get a feeling that your hike is going to be challenging because you're staring at a 600-foot high hill crowned with pines and hardwoods. Uh, marked with blue diamonds and they're changing, if they haven't already been, changed over to blue painted rectangles. The tread is faint, but skilled backpackers experienced with these conditions should find their way. The majority of this hike is through mature and maturing northern hardwood forests with some open balds on the tops of hills. The first 2.9 miles are between uh, M64 and old M64. And after a grueling 700-foot climb to the top of the hill and the Berglund Fire Tower, where no access is allowed, I gently saunter downhill through the woods to old M64 and a roadside parking trailhead. The trail, after crossing old M64, immediately climbs back up, reaching elevations approaching 1,740 feet above sea level. It is on this forested hill where you'll have your first view of the Trap Hill landscape. Look west for the checkmark formation that adorns the top of Copper Peak. That would be the Flying Ski Jump, which is about 30 miles away. For the next 25 miles, you'll want wind feverishly around these wooded mounts. Enjoy the scenery for tremendous effort will be required to reach the vistas. Trek another 0.8 miles downhill through mature hardwood forest and you'll cross Forest Service Road 326 and quickly negotiate your way up and over a 200-foot high hill. From here, it is 9.3 miles until your next road crossing. So you're going to meander southeast and at the base of the hill by an intermittent stream is the terminus of the Gogebic Ridge Trail. So if there's water in this, get it. Uh, the last time I hiked it, it was dry as a bone. 
Uh, after uh, coming to this intersection, you'll continue uphill, and as you embark northeast, uh, you'll enjoy the view of the valley below. From this point, you will follow the escarpment for about three miles until you descend to cross the Sioux Line Railroad at the 9.8 mile mark into the day's hike and Bush Creek 0.2 miles farther along. And when crossing the river, be aware this may be your last chance for water for the next 16 miles, so camel up. This may be a great place to camp for the night, but you may want to move inland of a quarter mile or so since the area is swampy and mosquitoes could be voracious in the summertime. All right, moving on to day two, and uh, hopefully you've had a quiet night's sleep uh, as uh, you're nowhere near a paved road and surrounded by the Ottawa National Forest. Hopefully your batteries are recharged, you'll break the camp, and be sure to trek back to Bush Creek to load up on your water. And there will be a few intermittent and small stream crossings from here to Victoria, but dry years, they may be empty, and I hiked uh, this in a dry year. The hike starts up a gentle uphill grade and then quickly gains in steepness and you're back hiking along the escarpment at about 1,400 to 1,500 feet in elevation. At two miles comes your last vista for a while as you make a hairpin turn along the north side of the small knob and start a steep downhill plunge for one mile to your next road crossing. At a tenth of a mile from Forest Road 400, you'll cross another intermittent stream. A small pond is located in a swamp area just north of your current position, and the basic routine of your hike continues, climbing up, then hugging an escarpment, and then at one mile from the road, you'll be at your first overlook just after crossing a two-track. Hug the precipice for another mile, bending from a southeast to a northwest direction. The decline takes about three-tenths of a mile, then it's a one-mile march to the north along the contour. The last tenth of a mile, you'll descend to Forest Road 630. A pleasant respite from the rest of your hike, your course will remain flat for the next 3.7 miles. About 1.5 miles from Forest Road 630, across another intermittent stream and turn from a north to a southeast direction through some wet ground and then bend to the east. One more intermittent stream uh, crossing one-tenth of a mile from the paved Norwich Road. Camp near the stream and plan ahead and make a water drop uh, just up the trail before you hike in case the stream is dry. So, um, you know, that's a great strategy. If you're in a dry area, see if you can cash some water. I've done it, and there's, uh, you know, no guilt involved. Just go back and get your container when you're done. All right, so we're going on to day three. You know, sleep in and continue to rest your weary body. Um, so your direction of travel now is going to parallel Victoria Road, and on a good day, it's a rugged gravel road. But after a few spring rains or in the springtime uh, during snowmelt, it is a nightmare passable only by the bravest of souls with a four-wheel drive vehicle. And with this in mind, you could make a loop using the North Country Trail and the Victoria Road. And uh, since it's nearby, this uh, could be part of an exit strategy where you could take a bearing and uh, find the road if for some reason you lost the trail. Your easy hiking will cease as you trudge uphill 250 feet and resume walking along the edge of another escarpment, weaving up and over several outcroppings of granite. At the two-mile mark, cross Forest Road 642, which is gated and little used, and you may hike right by it, and you may not even notice it. Carrying on while paralleling the edge of the west branch of the Atanagan River, which is in view through the trees several hundred feet below. 
at three miles, start uh, a descent to Whiskey Hollow Creek, a reliable stream at the 3.9 mile mark. Just one tenth of a mile beyond is a spur trail to Victoria Road, which is eight tenths of a mile away. Past this point is a considerable stretch of private land where trailside camping is prohibited. So make camp at this point, letting the background noise of the creek lull you to sleep. Now day four, pack camp, plod uphill onto private land and back up to the edge of the abyss holding the Ontonagon River. Your first overlook is at five-tenths of a mile and you'll cross Gleason Creek at the two-mile mark. And keep in mind, this is on private property. The private property owner does not want people camping at Gleason Creek, so load up on water. And keep moving, because now uh, the face of the granite will slowly decline in elevation for the next 3.5 miles. And when you reach the bottom of the hill, the landscape will be flat as you bend north and starting an eastward climb, again, uphill 250 feet in elevation. So keep put one foot in front of the other along the crown of the granite formation through mature northern hardwood forests. And at the 7.5 mile mark, start downhill and you'll reach a gravel road that leads between the town of Victoria and the Victoria Dam, holding back the west branch of the Ontonagon. Parallel the road for less than a tenth of a mile, head back uphill across Victoria Road at 8.5 miles. Negotiate around a hill with a communication tower adorning its crest and start a downhill jaunt to the old Victoria Town Site, which is part of the Keweenaw Heritage Sites. For nominal fee, you can take a tour of the log homes, and they've been restored to their former glory. And they were once used by miners and their families in the late 1890s when they were looking for copper in the area. Uh, there is parking at the town site, and a, and a trail shelter is just off to the east of the log cabins at the 10-mile point in your hike. All right, this is also uh, the location of where they found the Ontonagon boulder back in the day, which now sits in the Smithsonian. So uh, the, <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, is they didn't know much about geology back in the day. They assumed, wow, big copper boulder, must be copper in the ground. Well, that boulder was pushed down here from Canada. So the mining didn't last very long in Victoria. All right, this is uh, Tom Funk again with Trail Tales. Thanks for joining along with uh, another episode of our 50 Hikes in uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Hey, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Uh, Tom's Worldly Adventures is my uh, my Facebook, um, and that's a great place to get a hold of me. Uh, and you know, check out the YouTube and the Instagram. You're searching for Tom's Worldly Adventures or Tom Funk's Worldly Adventures. That's pretty much the title of everything and anything I have. All right, thanks again for joining me, and uh, we will see you again.